0: The criteria Latifi needs to do to get where
1: signed, not get last.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, spars back and lights out, and away we go. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton <laughs> is halfway to space. <laughs> Personally,
1: yeah. go IndyCar over
0: Williams. Yeah, space. zoo. Zhu. Guan Guan Zhuo. Guan Zhuo. No, Joe Guan Gou-Gou. <laughs> I, I said that the first time. George was already sitting in that seat.
1: Look, I don't agree with it, you, but you've asked a question. I'm trying to find a way to justify it. I'm just it. trying to absolutely tear your answer apart. G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko. With me this afternoon is Andy. And today we are talking about the best motor race that happens in the country except for Bathurst, which is the Australian Grand Prix.
0: Andy, how you going, man? Man, I'm excited. I found out today I'm more than likely not going to be working during the Grand Prix for the first time in 10 years.
1: I mean, it's fantastic news for you because you traditionally work all weekend, so you normally miss every race except for the ones that are at one or two AM. Because you're actually like awake on the way home. You're like, I can probably watch that one.
0: Yeah, exactly. So no, I'm 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 pumped. I'm I'm going to get to watch the race, WrestleManias this weekend,
1: Supercars this weekend, Supercars.
0: I got the Chooks Eels game tomorrow night, and apparently, I'm going to the Dolphins Dragons game on the weekend too. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. Look, You're not going to come in and watch it with me and Josh? I'm not watching us get beat by 30 points, bro. Fuck that.
1: <laughs> just playing a sim. last a- weekend. I, 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 I turned it off. Um, no, I didn't. I watched the whole thing. Look, Formula 1 has made the decision to come to one of the greatest countries on the world. One of the best F1 tracks ever. Unfortunately, it is in Melbourne, where the Victorians live. It's just kind of something the world has to put up with at this point, I think. At least they're relatively It's quiet. unfortunate. Look, it is unfortunate. Um, but before we get into like our, our Grand Prix preview and who we think is going to do what, their Red Bull released a pretty cool video recently.
0: Yeah, they did. Uh, three days ago to hype up this um this whole race. And did you notice the slight nuance in that video that they had a driver who wasn't driving the car commentating the whole time?
1: Yeah, so it was clearly Red Bull using Daniel Ricciardo, but there was no way that was him in the car. Because one, he sits in the car heaps higher.
0: And two, he was genuinely in America during the filming. I'm not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's on social media. So you reckon it was Liam Lawson, don't you? No, we know it was Liam Lawson because we're in Wollongong and they filmed at Seacliff Bridge, and Liam Lawson got that bridge shut down for half a day because he was driving the F1 car there. That's how I know it. And he also drove it around Bathurst. All
1: right, that makes... Heaps of sense. Oh, that explains the Bathurst one that happened recently. Okay, cool. Because when yeah. I watched the video and I saw that Daniel Rick was in Wollongong, I instantly was like, "What the hell do you mean, Dr was here? We could have gone and like tried to like get a post or say hey or be like, hey man, we're just massive supporters. Any of that? Like, we're never going to invite him on the show or anything. I genuinely was like, Damn, we could have been within that.
0: thirty kilometers of that dick,
1: that big which is like right next to it which in real is life. Probably like why we didn't. No, he was here because we couldn't sense the girthy presence in our in our city. Exactly. That's a horrible thing to say, but no- <laughs> nonetheless, look, it was an awesome video. I think I said in our group chat, I was like, it, clearly, Red Bull is now just like the Forza Horizon of the motorsport world.
0: Yeah, they they definitely had some fun with that uh that clip. But they always have fun with these like clips. Like if you think about the Checo one from last year, going to Mexico. We all know it was that, that fella, Yuri Vips, driving it earlier in the year before he got cancelled. Yep. We know it was Yuri Vips in a Checo helmet, but it was a cool little video to see Checo go from wherever he was to Miami. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that was awesome. And my, my favourite Red Bull video of all time will still be the zero-G pit stop they did. Oh, that was that was fantastic. That, that there is one of the most... And that's just Red Bull on YouTube. If you've never checked it out, check it out. They do... There's a reason like Red Bull has this rock star reputation. Like they literally dropped a man from space to announce their presence a couple of years ago.
0: I know, right? And not only that, like just think about all the extreme shit that they do. Like especially in this video, they got Shane Van Gisbergen, the current VA Supercar champion, doing a lap around Bathurst with the Danny Rick car. Yeah, did they? Uh, have? they had that. Su- they had the Supercross guy. I can't remember his name because I didn't pick up on it. But they had a Red Bull driver who's Australian doing. Always oh, and shit on a motorbike, you know what I mean?
1: They had the trophy truck driver who's also Australian, and then they had the p- stunt pilot.
0: Yeah, and the stunt pilot one was just it just up from us in at Seacliff Bridge. I that gr- was over. There.
1: Like Seacliff Bridge is awesome, right? But we live here, so we're like, yeah, it's a bridge. Like you needed to get to like the rule and shit. Like just past there. Like that's how you get out of out of Wollongong where we live. But apparently it's like an engineering masterpiece, and it looked great on film.
0: Yeah, no, it is a masterpiece the way they built it. I've never actually driven it.
1: <laughs> awesome drive. Awesome drive. The only thing is, like, clearly the architect who's made this bridge has made it. The curves are beautiful, man. It's just, it's left, right, sweeping for kilometers over the ocean uh, next to a mountain and you like get all the fog and mist. But because it's so beautiful, you get all these old people who go there for tourist drives. So you normally the speed limit's 60, and you can normally crank it to about 80 without getting caught. But they sit there on like 30 and 40, and everyone's looking for a park. So it's, it, it actually sucks to drive on.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it would, unless you're on there solo. It's just the worst drive. Yeah. It'd definitely be like an old, an old person, sort of like, oh, I'm just going to drive and watch the view. Oh,
1: I don't oh. need to go over 30. Yeah, I do, seriously. Look... F1 is in Australia this weekend. It's a fantastic time of the year for all of us Aussies. It's a convenient time for us to watch. We actually get to experience a normal weekend, right? We're, like, we're watching it through the day, have a few beers, we'll have a few parties. Supercars as a support category. If you're listening anywhere that's not Australia, or even if you are in Australia, and you've never really dipped your toe into supercars, please watch it this weekend. It is absolute mental racing that occurs with these drivers who are happy to bump and nudge each other. It's fantastic. Oh,
0: definitely. And if Newcastle's anything to go off, that was a fantastic weekend. So this weekend's just going to be even better.
1: Yeah, look, Supercars is doing really, really well with their, their racing at the moment. They're the support category. F2 is here for the first and time. And F3. And F3 is here for the first time. That is massive for the Australian Grand Prix Corporation and the guys who own and run Albert Park, which is based relatively central Melbourne, I think. It's uh, it's sort of just outside St
0: Kilda. Um, If you go to the Junction Oval... It's not too far away from this. That's where Cricket Victoria is actually based. So I've been there quite a bit. And I actually got to drive the track one year because we were filming a game of cricket while they were still building the track. And me and the guy I was working with, it's like, let's do a lap. And we (laughs) snuck around and did a lap on the track.
1: Nice. Well, I've got family and friends in Bathurst. And every time we go to Bathurst, we drive Mount Panorama because it's just public roads. The racetrack, you can just drive exactly. And yeah, we've... um But you can't... You can't necessarily
0: drive the track, but you can drive over the roads that these cars are going to be going over over the next few days.
1: Yeah, because Australia is technically a street circuit-ish, but it's also yes. a racing circuit bits too.
0: It's it's a street circuit around a park basically, and they they're able to make it look like a racetrack. Yeah, it, it it's is all unique. public roads. It is very unique, and the pit bays look sick. It's I want to say it's probably like the third or fourth most third or fourth most picturesque park or racetrack that the F1 goes to. Third or fourth. Try saying that without a
1: lift. In the top. It's in the top couple. Look, this weekend, mate, do we have any news we need to cover before we talk about I got one, mate. I got one major piece of news, and it's dropped
0: literally as we're recording on the 29th of March 2023 at 10.41 a.m. So yesterday. No, today. Today at 10.41. McLaren has poached... 15 new staff members in a major blow to other teams in an internal shakeup, And this is in regards to last week, their technical director, James Key, left. And the teams that have been listed are three top teams. It's Ferrari, Red Bull, and Aston Martin. No Mercedes boys got pitched. That's what I've noticed. According to motorsport.com, McLaren have now had 15 individuals to boost its aero department... Those figures arriving from top teams like Ferrari, Red Bull and Aston Martin and those are the only ones named. One of the individuals, however, is senior Aston Martin aerodynamicist Mariano Alperin. I'm sorry, I can't... I have dyslexia or something. I can't read your name, but... Senior <laughs> official. So that's a senior technician, pretty much, that they're bringing over from Aston and he was key in the development of... This Red Bull that they're right racing this year.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, this is good, right? We want McLaren is a team that a lot of people want to support. They have a great legacy in the sport. They've been a massive supporter of Australian race drivers. They've taken Oscar, they've taken Danny previously, even though they've done Danny dirty. I think this is a good thing for the sport overall especially because we've got these regs for a couple of years, right? So if the Red Bull and the Aston never get any better from where they are now, it's still going to take a significant portion of time for these other teams to redevelop their whole fundamental strategy to get them to a pair level. The way that I'm kind of interpreting all of this is that, okay, this is a write-off year for McLaren, but next year they seem to have an ability to do what Aston's done over last year, put together a competitive car. That's what we want from the sport.
0: And you've got to consider, too, that I think it's halfway through next year that their air tunnel actually opens, so they'll start having the effect from there. So their 2025 car is probably going to be the first car they fully develop in-house at McLaren because right now they're renting the Toyota wind tunnel, which is I think it's placed in Germany or something, so there's travel time involved in getting the car to and from. Now they can just do it in-house. It's literally going to be at Woking. That's going to help them a heap. And Zach Brown even today in talking about these new poachings or new staff hirings that they've gone. It's clear to me that for some time that our technical development has not moved at a quick enough pace to match our ambition for returning to the front of the grid. I'm pleased that having completed a full review with Andrea Stella, we are now able to implement implement the restructure required to set wheels in motion to turn this around. I really can't read when I'm fucking talking out loud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I apologise for my pronunciations.
1: <laughs> are you doing okay, bro? But yeah,
0: so obviously Zach and uh, Andrea Stella have realised that where they are right now isn't exactly where they want to be. The best way to do this is to re- restructure the team around what Stella and Zach want, because they they obviously had what Andrea Seidel and Zach had, and that's got them X far. But now they need to restructure and have it is Stella's design in a way. He's the new team principal.
1: Yes. And he would have his own ideas and own beliefs of exactly what philosophy of design he wants to take to the car and its individual components. Yeah, exactly.
0: So I see this as a really positive move for McLaren. It'll push the Orange Boys up the grid a bit more. And speaking of doing Danny dirty, two things I want to point out. Did you see where they placed the the Optus sponsorship at the track this weekend? Was
1: it over Oscar's pickbox?
0: No, it's over the McLaren like team thing. And it says, welcome home with a big picture of Danny on it.
1: <laughs> and what's your second one?
0: And the second one, Red Bull did McLaren dirty because Danny was driving an orange tractor at the start of that video.
1: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Like, I, One of the things about this sport is just you need to love it for what it is. And this is billionaire companies Trying to out-petty each other for not much. Glory. It's fantastic. Look, I it, love it. It's fantastic. We've had some absolute brilliant house. Because it is. It's pure shithousery. Like, Cyril used to cop it. Because Christian Horner is the best in the sport at it. He is. Oh, definitely. He's like a mad genius when it comes to, even if I'm not the best, if I can just make the others angry and annoyed, I'm going to come out fine. Like, he, he used to stir Cyril up all the time. He called him Cyril irritable to his face. He's really, with the drive to survive this year he's like fix your fucking car like he just so that dramatic that was such a good petty. scene
0: oh, yeah, that like, was just such a good scene like that meme doesn't do it justice because it's not just Christian that's annoyed it's literally every team principal except Toto Toto's arguing for one thing and everyone's just like well we we fixed our car why don't you fix your car
1: <laughs> yeah and the, the, it's just it, it comes with the sport I, I love seeing it and, you know It is only two the best part is it is only normally with like the big top teams. Like you don't often hear shots being fired from Haas. You don't often hear Williams like stepping out of line and being like, Well, you know. All these things. It is literally the three best teams in the sport who can't seem to ever get along for any more than two or three minutes. And they love It's always
0: like two on one. It's always two on one. It's the two behind the other car.
1: Like Red Bull are the bad dudes now at the moment because they're winning. So, you know, you've got Toto yeah, exactly. out there saying things. you got Ferrari saying out there like, oh, because of how the aero comes off the car, it's actually affecting ours a little bit unfairly. That was allegedly rumoured recently. I have a piece of news. It's something you brought up, but it's in front of me now, yep. which is the adjustment to the grid size of the grid boxes on the start yes. finish straight.
0: Yeah. So this season, well, from Albert Park, the photos coming from Albert Park are saying that the Brit- grid bays are actually 20 centimetres wider than they have been in Saudi and Bahrain. And this is to counteract the two penalties that Esteban and Alonso unfortunately copped over the past two rounds.
1: And I know we've spoken about it, but I don't know if we ever went into exact detail about what was actually wrong. Were they on the line or were they too close to the line?
0: I think they were too angled over it. So part of their car was over the line.
1: Yep. okay. So maybe like wing or something. Both of them
0: were angled because
1: both of them were angled to get Onto the driving line, quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm okay with it. I think as long as, long as it's enforced consistently, you know what I mean. That, that's when it comes to these yeah. like little technical changes. I think the only thing that should matter fast is people who enjoy the sport, the fans, and you know the people who, who who keep it popular. Is is the simple thing? Is okay. Is it going to be uniform and fair? If that's true, then it, it's irrelevant. This, I don't think this will add anything or take anything away from the sport except for some penalties that do take away from the sport.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's a good idea, and it also gives the drivers no excuse. 20 centimetres wider, they definitely are going to see it, you know what I mean?
1: And 20 centimetres is significant, especially when these guys are able to place their car millimetres away from a wall for two hours straight. Like, they can do a lot with 20 centimetres.
0: Exactly. So, like, there's no excuse now, I feel, that we shouldn't be seeing a five-second penalty for someone incorrect starting position or anything like
1: that. And do you know what, though, Andy? I think we need to take a moment, a little bit of self-reflection, which we now think this is a good idea. We only think this is a good and fair idea because it happened to Fernando. If this came out and yes. it didn't happen to Fernando, we'd both have been there. We're like, well, Ocon's the one who's got the fucking problem. He clearly can't drive a car. Like It's only because exactly. it happened to Fernando that we're like, this is brilliant. I support this completely. But in reality, if it didn't happen to Fernando, I didn't wouldn't think there's a problem. It's just because... We are the same as the team principals. We're heaps biased and petty when it comes to this sport. No, I agree. But also, I don't think it's just Fernando. If it had happened to pretty
0: much anyone else on the grid, except for Esteban and maybe Lando for you, we
1: would have not given a shit. I'm a firm believer that Lando can still fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm I'm fir- a firm believer that Auckland's going to fuck this up. Oh, look, between those two and Stroll, someone will find the way. Someone will find the way. Fuck! You just reminded me. I seen a
0: video today, and I want to bring it up to you. It okay. was at the end of the twenty seventeen Malaysian Grand Prix. Have you ever seen the post lap, the post race lap?
1: No, no, I have not.
0: So they're cutting around all the cars, and all of a sudden you see you see on the board Seb's just dropped off the pace, and you don't know why. And the camera cuts to it. And he's got a wheel from the back of his car over the top of his uh, rear wing. And you're like, hang on, what the, what's happened here? And Crafty and Brindle are even like, oh, that explains why has going slow. But what's happened? It's after the race. <laughs> Guess <laughs> yeah, who like, turned in on him? Guess who turned in on him? 2017.
1: 2017. Okay. I think Lando Norris's spirit possessed one of the drivers and he hit him. No. Okay. Um, it was the young rookie
0: from Williams. Known as Valent Strollovich Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> <laughs> on the
0: post race, checker flags out. They've run into each other and he's knocked Seb's rear wheel off. It's the funniest thing. And the radio after it is just beautiful because Seb Stroll, in classic Stroll form, is, I don't know. He hit me. Like, I don't know what happened here. And you just hear Seb on the radio. is like, It's after the race, for fuck's sake. Why has he done this?
1: Is he retired?
0: I can't say that, but yeah,
1: I can only. And you know what I mean? Too, like, uh, this isn't an incident that has occurred after the race. I can only assume that Seb was in front <laughs> as well. Oh, like, definitely. Like Lance has clearly come from behind and stuck his nose in somewhere, and it's like Stroll's sitting there, like yeah, every time you have to leave a gap. It's like, yeah, bro, when we're racing, that that's over. Like, I mean, yeah. Technically, yeah, you're sub- cooling down. Well, no, well, Lance, let's be honest. I mean, you still had two laps to go, but that's not how the sport works. You were <laughs> lapped twice as flagged anyway. He's like, well, I still had two laps to go. It's like, yeah, but you don't deserve to finish them. So shut the fuck up.
0: But, you know, I remember seeing that today. I was like, oh, i got to bring this
1: up with Jack because I know he's never seen this before. No, no, this was before I really took a, a liking to the sport. I was always aware of it, but, you know, I'd keep it up to date on who was winning and, and whatnot. But that's the first I've heard of. Uh, it would have been in German, too. He would have had a spray in German. That's how you know. No, it was it? English. It was English. Oh wow. So you really know what he was saying. Let's <laughs> let's shift the focus to this weekend. We have I know people online have been saying that the season's already over and done with, that Max is going to run away with the championship. My answer to that is, yeah, probably. So now we just get to focus on everything else for the year, right? There's still yeah, exactly we know we know he's going to win pretty much every race except for
0: the ones that his car blows up in.
1: Yeah, and you know, this weekend we're going to have a fantastic opportunity to see good racing. Australia traditionally brings out good racing. I can't remember the last race in memory when there wasn't an incident in the first lap or two. Like, a couple of years ago, Danny had his front wing knocked off. Last year, Carlos went yep. sailing through the gravel. Yep. It's going to be And good. this
0: year, we've got four DRS zones again. They're going to try this again.
1: Didn't they take one out last year, but Fernando complained about it?
0: Yep. Now, this year, there's no, there's four at this stage. That could change by the time the race comes Sunday. But for now, there's four DRS zones, which is going to be cool. I like four DRS zones.
1: I do too. I don't think there needs to be like a sweet spot number. I think if it's an area where you can realistically pass at the end of the straight, bang some DRS in there. It makes the racing better. There are some traditionalists out there who are like, yeah, but you know, if you can't pass, you can't pass. But it's like, nah, I like the fact that you get a little bit of boost. It makes it more interesting. Yeah, exactly.
0: The only thing they need to bring in now is fan boost so we can just make sure that Lance gets fan boost and punts it into the wall every race.
1: It is. A, okay, fan boost. We should probably talk about it. I saw an article today and it made me angry. It went, so okay. It the, the headline of the article is, the racing is better in formulary, but will anybody notice? It's like, no, we won't notice because you can't fucking hear it. So no one knows the yeah, racing exactly. Exam. Sounds like a basketball court. Formula E has released new cars this year. They look sick. They look like spaceships. I have seen that. But I just still I'm still not gonna watch it. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. It just doesn't feel the same. Until they build in an
0: outdoor speaker into that car that that has a V10 noise or
1: some sort of noise that isn't a basketball court. It's just unwatchable. You don't Because it just need doesn't sound mean. right. Screw fan boost. No, nah, screw fan boost. Have fan mic where some dude has to just make the car noise the whole race in the mic. Is some dude, fella, coder? Yeah, <laughs> just doing it the whole time. That's what I want. I want. I want to be the car for a race. <laughs> Let me do it. It's well,
0: that, simple. We'll just go to Australia. We'll just fly down to Melbourne this weekend. And me and you're just standing near the
1: the effects, mic, and we'll just yeah, yeah. I like. I respect the fact that he clearly didn't put much effort in, but I would be screaming like he was. He was a V six. I'd be a V ten with a blown diffuser. Oh, That's what I'm aiming for. Do you like? Now we've spoken about how beautiful the track is. Do you actually like the Albert Park track? Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, Australia. I do too. But but also,
0: like I think the changes that were brought in last year have promoted better racing.
1: Yeah, which taking was taking those two chicanes out. They took out the chicane at turn nine and ten, and just made it turn ten yes. or turn nine, I guess. They widened yep. the corner of corner one by two and a half meters. They yep. w- widened the corner of turn three by four meters. And this mm-hmm. is all from memory, by the way. I'm not sitting here with the map with the track layout adjustments written on it, Andy. Don't you dare suggest that. Uh, from memory, I was they also going to. widened the corner of turn six and seven by seven and a half meters, and they removed the chicane at turn thirteen. And they widened. I, I the want to say you're right there. Them. Oh, I'm right. I'm reading it yeah, off. The, I'm reading off the infograph. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm right, man. I've got the. I've got the chart in front of me. It has made it a faster track. It is still maintained all its technical areas. The removal of the chicane on that fast bend there now leads to some awesome shots of these cars. Full pin throttle going through a massive sweeping or a short right hand up, which is gentle, and a massive sweeping left into the really frustrating turn of 11 and 12. That kink, yes, of 11 and 12, whenever I'm racing on the game, that is the one area I can guarantee that I really, really need to think about every single lap because... If you get it right and you bring in enough speed, you've set yourself up perfectly for the rest of the lap and it's going to be hard to pass and all those sorts of things. But if you get it wrong, two things will happen. You will either go too slow and then you will absolutely be passed because the other person's carrying so much more speed through or you'll take too much speed in and you will crash. <laughs> like it is a Yeah, exactly. Absolute trap. Of a corner. You need to absolutely put that car on a dime. And there's heaps of runoff around there. But the good thing about Albert Park, because it's a park, there's gravel everywhere or grass everywhere. So it allows you to make mistakes without fully ruining your race, unless you're Carlos, because you're really unlucky. I was about to say that. (laughs) I was about to say, unless you're Carlos. (laughs) Yeah, because then otherwise you're you're really unlucky. Look, it's got, weirdly enough, I'm a big fan of like straight racing. I like long, that's why I've always been so disappointed that we never got to see Vietnam, which had a two kilometre straight. I thought that would have been fantastic. You know, I've always been disappointed we'd never fully race there. But Australia doesn't have that many straights, but it's still very fast. And that's why I think I I enjoy it so much. Like, you've got the start-finish straight. Yep. But it's not huge. It's no longer than some of the curves that are on other parts of the track.
0: Yeah, no, you're correct. The only thing that sort of compares to it is the long run between Turn 8 and Turn 9. And half of that's a DRS zone this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's the longest part of the track. And other than that, the other DRS zones are just short, straight, and into a very hard braking zone, which I fucking love.
1: Because it means passing. A hard braking zone into a tight yeah. corner means passing. It means people behind chasing have the opportunity to just... And they're not always clean passes at Australia too. You see a lot of teams and cars just stick their nose far enough up to activate that you have to leave a space rule. That, yeah. because the track is... What it goes right, left, right, left, right, 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 left, left, right. Like it's very switchy, swatchy. Yeah, throughout it, like they, it dips in and out of the park at interesting angles. So what it means a lot of the time is once you've stuck your nose on the inside you are now in a constant battle for the next five or six corners because both of you are right next to each other the whole time. It's not like, oh, he's stuck, he's, oh, he's had to back out, and because of that, he's now three tenths behind, you have to wait another six ups for an attempt. It's like, no, once you get that person to move over, you're right there because the next corner is right there, and you've got the switchback option through turn one and two, through turn three and four, through turn six and seven, through 13 and 14 yep. and 15 and 16. All those corners are back-to-back corners. With the yep. ability to... You can clearly, if you're listening, you can clearly tell how excited we are to watch people race here. Oh, definitely. I mean,
0: if you listen to Bums on the Bench, you'll notice how excited I was because I fucked up that intro.
1: Oh, did you really? I haven't listened to it yet.
0: Yeah, you, you just... wait. We don't even announce what... I'm just like,
1: hello, welcome to Formula... Fuck. <laughs> Jack's not here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's Litch. Literally- When you listen to it, that's what you're going to hear. You're just going to hear us fuck up and then just abuse you for not turning up and fucking it up for us.
1: I like it. I still can't believe I haven't made that mistake yet. Let's get a little bit more specific about where we think teams are going to go here. Now, I'm a Formula One idiot. So I have zero ability to think about what this track actually contains. I'm looking at this map and I'm like, it's got hard corners and high-speed stability and that means I don't know what's going to happen for these teams. So, Any, what do you think we're likely to see this weekend at Australia?
0: I think the top three are the same top three again. I don't think there's going to be a change in that. I think four, five, six and seven and potentially eight, depending on one of them crashing out. That That's all up for debate between the two Ferraris, the two Mercedes and Stroll. But I think Max Checo and Alonso... The car's there. That, that Red Bull's pretty complete. That Aston Martin is almost complete. Like, those three are going to be, you know, 60 seconds ahead of the rest of the field. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yeah, 100%, man. Other
0: than that, where, where the battles I see happening are, I reckon Ocon, Gasly, Bottas, and potentially Magnussen and Hulkenberg, that's a good
1: little midfield battle that could potentially be happening. I'm glad you brought that up because this is... Traditionally, a really, really good track for Haas' drivers. Traditionally, yes. a very, very bad track for their front left wheel mechanic. <laughs> Never forget. Twice. And that was two of them
0: in one race. Two different mechanics. That fucked it up. It happened
1: twice in one race. And didn't it happen to one of them the race before as well? I believe it's I'm happened here I'm pretty to sure twice. the race before.
0: It's happened here a few times. But yeah, Haas is great until that first pit stop normally.
1: Yep. Now it wasn't here. It was, it was um, Emilia Romagna where Albon went the whole race. Or Was it Australia where he went the whole? No, race? it was here. It was, it here. was here.
0: This so is where he went every lap on a hard and then came in right at the end for a soft.
1: So I genuinely think that the people I'm going to be paying the most attention to this weekend will be Oscar, mainly yep. because I surely, and I'm going reg- to I'm going to regret saying this, surely McLaren will be able to finish a race without incident at some point this year. I hope it's here. We have not seen what he is actually capable of in a race car. So I want to see that. I said that, I'm going to say that every weekend until we actually see it. If he is really successful and does well, then you're never going to hear me shut up about it. And then if he doesn't do well, I'm going to say that he stabbed Danny in the back and Danny should never have left. But on top of that, Albon and Williams Sargent, both those boys are someone to watch. Clearly the car they developed last year and, how Albon is with ties, which is magic, I guess. I think he's going to be in that battle group that you've mentioned of those those guys. Haas, yep. as we've already stated as well, those are going to be the people that I'm paying particular attention to this weekend because I really want to see what they're capable of.
0: No, I agree. It's just Sky that needs to show us these drivers. They don't need to focus on Max the whole
1: time. You know what I mean? It has gotten... I I will give them credit, and it's simply because they're not British. When you're thinking about Mercedes, they haven't had a particularly good year. They've come out and they've said that, you know, we might need to rethink about what we're doing with our car, how we adjust things, what direction we're moving for. Do you think we're going to see any actual improvement from Mercedes this race?
0: Yes and no. Yes and no. So the way I'm seeing Mercedes this year is it's pretty much... Until they bring those major upgrades in the next few rounds, this is just let's get through this race, in a way. Saudi they did really well though. Like, we can't knock them at Saudi. Jorge did you know Jorge things? Um, Lewis did Lewis things. They managed to get a double points finish. It was really good for them. That being said, in Australia, and with how that McLaren, uh, how that Mercedes is aerodynamically, I think they're going to struggle bit more and we'll be I think the Ferraris might pip them this weekend.
1: I hope the Ferraris have a more complete weekend. They're someone they're someone that, you know, we've kind of skimmed over and we've spoken about here and there. But I do want to see them have a complete weekend. Mainly because I want Charles and Carlos to stay in this sport and they're not looking like they're having a good time at the moment.
0: Charles definitely doesn't. Carlos is you know, he's he's surviving. He's he's sitting on 20 points at the moment. He's tied with Hamilton, which, you know, shocked me when I was looking at it. But Paul Leclerc, he's down in eighth place with six points, I think. Provided he finishes this weekend. like It's a stark difference to what it was last year for Charles. He was coming into this weekend. He was leading the championship. He walked away with like a 40-something point lead after this race. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, I mean, it's an opportunity for him to fight. Back, He had a really
0: strong race here last year. He he walked away with the victory. He looked really confident last year, and then everything went to shit literally in the next round. So it's going to be, for Mercedes and Ferrari, I think this weekend's a pivotal weekend for them
1: in the context of the season. It's definitely like the third race or the fourth race is always a tone setter for the year because, you know, the, the first weekend you have the the absolute fallback of going, well, it's the first time we've actually run this car and you can only gain so much data through wind tunnels and simulation and and testing and filming days. You can only gather so much there. Testing is relatively short in the grand scheme of things. You get a couple of days to take this machine for the rest of the year. So, you know, the the second race is, okay, well, what we've learned from the first race, we're going to test the second race, but you've still got that same excuse going, well, it's only the second time we've driven this car. So clearly whatever we decided to change wasn't the most effective thing in the world versus the third race where it's okay. Gloves are off now. We've seen who is consistent and strong. We've seen who's clearly a little bit weak. If you guys aren't bringing any, and it is mainly set up. No one really brings upgrades to Australia. It is very far out of the way. I think we're the, we're definitely the most southerly race of the calendar. Yes. We're right. Like Melbourne and Victoria is right down the bottom of our country, except for Tasmania, which is another island. And um, As far as
0: I'm concerned, it's not part of this country at the moment. They're the
1: only outliers. Yeah, they are. They're the only blue ones. And I reckon we tow them over to New Zealand and they can deal with them for the rest of the time. I know, right? Uh, but, you know, this third weekend does symbolise a bit of... Has your team got the ability internally to adjust the setup of this vehicle to get the best out of it, despite what its performance is? And that really, really matters for Ferrari and for Mercedes this year, because we know that they're probably not championship contenders. Question's still out on Fernando Alonso. I do believe that if there is updates that can bring a car up, it's probably Fernando. And if there is a driver with the talent and the mental ability to fight from the deficit he's in to beat Max, it's probably only Fernando at this point. Everyone else seems to be rattled. Lewis isn't the same as he was when he was dominant. Um, Charles is certainly burned and a little bit more down than we saw him at this time last year, like you already mentioned. So I really hope that Ferrari gets it right. And I, I, I don't, really, and this is going to annoy a couple of people I talk to, I don't really care if Mercedes gets it right, but it is just as important. I do believe, though, that Mercedes is a team that could probably get it more right than Ferrari can. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right, and I think that that
0: was shown the back end of last year, in a way. If you look at the way that these teams finished last year, Mercedes were... They looked like they were getting close back to their dominant form, you know what I mean? Like, they walked away with the double victory at Brazil, came away with that... um pretty solid Abu Dhabi bar Lewis's retirement. You know what I mean? Like they came, they looked more like Mercedes at Abu Dhabi than they had all year. They look
1: more like themselves that in our start of this year and a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other journalists at the start of this year, definitely picked them to be back in form, right? Like I, I believe coming to this year that we were like, first of all, we thought it was going to be silver and that it was going to be good. It's not, it's a, it's a carbon car and it's not good. But, you know, they did well enough last year with what they were able to wrangle to make us believe that they could still get back there. What they decided over the summer clearly wasn't correct. But, yeah, chances are, mean you're 100% correct with where you're going in regards to what Mercedes may or may not be capable of. The question I want to bring it, up now is I want to I jump back down the grid a little bit and talk about yep. Alpha Tauri. Yeah. So McLaren is currently coming last and they have... A pretty bad car, but we yes, don't know do. how bad it actually is because sometimes they qualify it pretty well. Well, Oscar got ninth last weekend, yeah, and the weekend before that he did. I oh, did shocking the weekend before that. Yeah, they they did shocking in Bahrain. Don't even bring that up. But you know, top ten that's Q three,
0: that's yeah, huge. That was really positive for them too because Oscar looked pumped for it.
1: Yeah, so there is that aspect of it. Why I want to talk about Alpha Tauri in particular is. Until we know what McLaren's truly capable of, because they might come out this weekend and have an actual good weekend and finish 8th and 14th, right? Which is a very good weekend for lower midfield where they are. My concern is that this Alfatari is just not good. It might actually be the weakest chassis on the grid. And I want your thoughts on that. I think you're right. So
0: earlier this week, a uh, post went up on Reddit. Reddit like sort of clarifying the four aero concepts for each team, right? And there's there's four of them. So you got the Red Bull design, the Aston Martin design, the Ferrari design, and the Mercedes design. Yeah. Yep. Correct. And it actually classify it put in what teams have gone with what design. And so in the Red Bull design, you've got your your McLaren and your Alfa Romeo so have the most similar aero design. Yep. To the Red Bull. For Aston Martin, you've got Alpine Williams and, funnily enough, AlphaTauri. So there is potential in that chassis design from an aero standpoint. From an aero standpoint? Yes. And then from the Ferrari design, we know it's Haas and Ferrari that have that, and Mercedes is well in the background with just them having that really weird design. The reason I bring that up is the two teams you just brought up, McLaren and AlphaTauri. All right. So obviously the two teams we mentioned McLaren and AlphaTauri there's one in each of those designs and one of those designs is more more like on pace than the other at the moment but only just so both those designs are still top end of the field designs. Yeah true. I feel like I feel like with the AlphaTauri until they can sort of get that design to work with that Honda powered engine I just don't see them making any more gains than they sort of can. And if they were to swap concepts, for example, McLaren took the Aston Martin approach and AlphaTauri did what they should be doing and taking the Red Bull approach, I think those cars would be further up the grid right now.
1: It blows my mind that this team is essentially a sister team or, you know, a... It's involved with Red Bull. They we don't yes. really know the. they have always changing exactly what words they're using. For it. it's the junior team. It's the sister team. They're related, is what we're saying. It blows my mind that one. And you've brought it up many times that you are a Red Bull team. Why the hell haven't you copied them? Hearing this information that they've gone the Aston Martin Aero design seems to me like clearly they're not. You can't directly copy. They've they've come up with this on their own ish. But, like, it blows my mind that you wouldn't go, well, hold on, we you running the same powertrain and they are out in front by good chunks of time? Why the hell didn't we just follow it a little bit more closely? Or Also, if you're using the Aston design, it's also still similar to Red Bulls. Like, it's more similar to Red Bulls than it is a completely unique owned design, Right. Yeah, I'd say that. But if you look at the the arrow lines, so what they've done on this graphic
0: is they've sort of drawn the aero lines and all the all Ford de- chassis designs, and the the um, Aston Martin one is actually a lot fatter and it it put deviates the air in a, a very different way compared to the the Red Bull. Yes, still very similar, but the air the Red Bull one seems to push that air through the car in a lot more efficient way, in a the best way to put that okay, that does make sense, yeah. So,
1: even though to the visual eye they have fu- uh, a lot of similarity, when you actually look at the, the aero flow off the car, there is significant fly, differences. Was, that was the word I was looking for, flow. Yeah. I got okay, that makes a lot more sense to me. It, it still just blows my mind how you didn't go, Well, we're running the same powertrain, we're owned by the same yeah. overarching corporation, we are, we provide them with juniors, we're the junior breeding ground. Why didn't we just go for something a little bit more similar? With all that being said, man, I don't know I don't know what they're going to be capable of. I used to be a really, really big Alpha fan because I really, really liked Pierre Gasly. Now that he's not in the team and we haven't seen enough of Nick and there's no storyline, like right, I was really attached to Pierre's storyline. Yeah. Of you know, coming to Red Bull, struggling, getting fired, getting redeemed. That was something to easy to fall in love with. That's like the classic Australian underdog scenario, right? Now that he's left, you've got Yuki, who I don't care for either way. I've got nothing negative or positive to say about him. I just like joking about him. And you've got mm-hmm. Nick DeVries, who I do like. But because there's not that emotional attachment to his story and you rarely see them on camera, I don't really care for Alpha Tauri that much at the moment. You, you get where I'm coming from. It's just like what drew me to the team is no longer there.
0: Yeah, I know. It makes me regret my recent purchase. Yeah, I still haven't found out what that is, by the way. Oh no, no, no! I bought myself an Alpha jumper recently.
1: An Alpha what? An Alpha jumper, like oh, nice. a team jumper. Oh, wait. they make and I'm, I've been. W- Sorry, they make really nice clothes.
0: No, not like the Alpha brand, like the Alpha team jumper. Oh, nice. They're yeah, really good. But too. now I'm just. I know they're really good, but now I'm just like. Uh, I don't really follow AlphaTauri as much now. that Pierre's not there. I only bought it because it was twenty bucks. <laughs> well, that should tell you how the season's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, mate. Let's. The only saving grace it was a it was a Pierre Gasly year AlphaTauri jumper, so I can say I bought it last year.
1: Nice, nice. Which is also another shit year for the team. Look, let's let's move into the last portion of our show. Let's give the official. Who you watching? Well, I mean, we've already spoken about who we think's going to go well, but give us your give us your three and why?
0: Fernando, because I hope he wins. I'm going to also say let's watch. Wait, there it is. Uh, Albon, of course, because of last year. Yep. Uh, if he does the same thing again this year, he's the king of tires. And also Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg genuinely does pretty well at Australia. So there's my top. There's my three to watch. I like man. Hulkenberg, Albon, and Fernando for the win.
1: I oh, like it. Look, for me, my my top three this weekend will be Oscar, as I've already stated. Yep. I want to see what he can do. The next person is Valtteri Bottas. Need to support both Australians on the grid. And that's fair. Yep. You know, got to get out there, support Aussie. He's got a mullet. He looks fantastic. His initials are VBs. Uh, there's no way he's not doing like a Victor Bravo's promotional thing this weekend. It's got to be happening. And the third person for me is the same as you. It's, it's Alex Albon and it's specifically because of what we saw last year. I mean, his performance last year cemented the fact that even though the car was crap, this driver deserved to be in the sport the whole time, and that it was really Red Bull's inability to to give him a car that he was competent in. Like, last year's performance was so mega, and no one even realized, even the commentators were like, Oh, why is Albon so high? Oh, he hasn't pitted. There's one lap to, like, you know what I mean? It just sprung on everybody. Yeah. No one paid attention until it happened. I know. And it was just, it's one of those
0: drives that catch you by surprise. Like, he gets, when well, we got to like lap, lap 56, we're like, holy shit, he hasn't fucking pitted yet. Sort of thing. Like, it really caught everyone off guard, like you said. And yeah. to know that he can potentially do that again this weekend, like, it gets me excited.
1: No, it is fantastic. I mean, before we, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to bring up or talk about?
0: Just that. VB was in Adelaide doing donuts in Shane Van Gisbergen's old car. That was sick to watch.
1: <laughs> Did it look great? It looked great. It's it's so good to have these superstars of our sport over here because the Australian culture is so good at hosting sport. Like everybody likes it. It's all laughs. It's all jokes. It's all seriousness. It's like you try hard, but you are supposed to have fun while you are doing it. And like VB in this V eight supercar really epitomised what we like about Australian sport, where it is, it's still these professional things, but it's not pretend. Everyone's expected to be who they are. Like, it's the reason we like our, our, our footy league or basketball compared to the American one. Well, yeah, it's not as produced. It's a little bit more rough around the edges, but it's fun and it's real. And there's a rawness or an edge to it that is a little bit cheekier outside the norms of what other countries expect. It's also why like Australian media does really well because it's like, oh, you guys are just kind of like funny and weirdly happy and optimistic about shit. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I guess guys, thank you very much for listening. If you're overseas, sucked in, Seriously, this is what you deserve. You don't. You deserve to wake up at a bad time and you will wake up at a bad time and you will watch it because you're dedicated to this sport and we do it for you. Exactly. So, How many times do we put our job on the line? Andy and I will be on the couch this weekend sinking a few beers, maybe some other things, probably a couple sausages, a bit of a democracy snag and we'll be enjoying the race thinking about all you guys who are awake at 4am. Follow us on our social media. the Bums. Check out our website. Formula Bums. Check out our Twitter. That's not Formula Bums. That's Bums Formula. And we'll see you next week for a review. Talk to you then, guys. Bring back Big Dick.